When I was at Iowa State, it was kind of cool that we had something called the supple chair, uh, named after a priest who had been at the Newman Center for almost 50 years. Uh, due to the supple chair, you could take class, uh, a class for credit at the university uh, from a Catholic professor on the Catholic faith. One day in class, we were talking about the Eastern liturgies. Uh, so to back up a little bit, uh, there are broadly speaking three classes of Christian churches outside of Protestantism. There is the Roman Catholic Church in the West that is obedient to the Pope, and uh, we share, we all share the same Mass. This is the Mass that we celebrate, but that most of us are familiar with. There are the Eastern Catholic Churches. Uh, this would be like the Coptic Catholic Church, the Chaldean Catholic Church, the Maronite Church. There are actually 20 23 of these Eastern Catholic Churches. Uh, these churches recognize the Pope as the head of the church, but their masses are a little different than what we know uh, and celebrate each week. There is also, uh, they also have apostolic succession, and the Eucharist and the sacraments are valid. Then you have the Eastern Orthodox Churches, that would be like the Greek Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, they do not recognize the Pope as the head of the church. However, they do still have valid apostolic succession and thus valid sacraments. So for some reason, uh, if you're out and about or traveling and the only Mass you can find is an Eastern Orthodox Mass, this would uh, still fulfill your Sunday obligation. And obviously if you uh, found an Eastern Catholic Mass as well, that would also fulfill your Sunday obligation. Now both the Eastern Catholic Masses and the Eastern Orthodox Masses, uh, a great percentage of the Mass is sung, especially by the priest. Uh, so now back to my story. My professor uh, said, that, said once in class that if you can't sing, don't bother becoming a priest in the Eastern Church. So it's a good thing I was brought up and now a priest in the Roman Catholic Church where we don't sing most of the prayers of Mass. Um, actually, you can sing uh, most of the prayers at Mass, but for everyone's sake, I decide not to. So yes, there are things that we are created not to do. Um, for me, like singing most of the Mass prayers. And then there are things that we are created to do. Like being a priest or a student or uh, God willing, a wife or a husband. And the first reading, God is reminding the prophet Jeremiah that he, God, knew Jeremiah even before he was formed in his mother's womb and appointed him to be a prophet to the nations. Even though Jeremiah had been met with great resistance, had his life threatened on multiple occasions, had Jewish priests and others denounced him, God promises to deliver him. God had sent Jeremiah to proclaim a tough message to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people. A message they did not want to hear. Why? Because it was a message reminding them of their sins and how they were disappointing God. God is reminding Jeremiah that Jeremiah was created for this. That Jeremiah's vocation was to speak this tough message to these people at this time. He was not to worry about the results of the many threats to his life. God reminds Jeremiah that he has his back. Just like Jeremiah, God knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. God has dedicated us to a purpose to a vocation at this specific time and this specific place. 
By virtue of our baptism, we are called to holiness. We are called to love one another. Obviously, our love of a spouse would be different than maybe how you would love your children. And that would be different than how we love our parents. And that would be different uh, than how we love our brothers and sisters, at least most of the time. Uh, brothers and sisters sometimes are, well, interesting. Uh, and that should be different than how we love our friends. And that's going to be obviously different than how we love acquaintances and strangers. Our second reading is St. Paul's great treatise on love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, if you've never heard of it uh, read before, that's probably because you haven't been to our wedding recently. So if we have, so we are not, we have not been called, if we have not been called to speak in tongues or to prophesy, now we may not be called, uh, like St. Thomas Aquinas, to write great philosophical writings on God. We may not be called to be like St. Francis, who gave everything away. So maybe God has not called you to do these things. However, God still knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and what he would call you to do. No matter what, we are all called to love. We are all called to love with the love of God, to love greatly. Love is patient. Love is kind. This does not mean that love allows the beloved to do whatever he or she wants. Quite the opposite. If love is willing the good of the other, then love demands that we say something to someone when what they are doing is wrong, so that person can become a better person. Love is not jealous. This also means that love does not compare. We can allow the lives of others to inspire us to greater holiness. But if we are using the lives of others to pull ourselves down or others down, then this is the voice of the evil one. Love is not pompous, it's not inflated, it's not rude. If these things are things that you struggle with, I encourage you to pray the prayer of uh, the litany of humility. Uh, this litany of humility prayer uh, you can find easily on the internet. Love is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. If you desire the ill will of someone else, bring that to prayer, and maybe even to the sacrament of reconciliation. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. I remember when my nephew was five, and maybe even younger, uh, in anger he said a swear word. Um, probably learned that from my brother, but um, I remember uh, my family laughing, and it, I mean, it was kind of cute and funny, uh, but I did not laugh. I felt like uh, by laughing we were encouraging bad behavior. And so love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I was talking to a priest recently. This priest said that he believes that the root of all divorces is selfishness. Now, I think in some ways this is an oversimplification, but there is a lot of truth there. I think we have become very focused on ourselves over and above the groups that we are part of, starting with our families. Our families' needs need to take priority over our individual needs. Now, obviously, mental health and such things are important, and obviously, if you're in an abusive relationship, get out of it. Um, but out of love, out of, selfish, out of self, selflessness, out of love, we need to be more willing to bear the fallenness, the brokenness of others. 
Love never fails. This is not our experience. Love has failed us many times. However, God's love does not fail us. First, we must allow God to love us in prayer, through the Mass, through the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and Confession. Then we must try our best to love others with the perfect love that God first loves us with. We, we were created for this time and place. God knew us even before we formed in our mother's womb. God created us for this time and place to interact with the people we will interact with. We were created to show them what great love is. Pope Benedict often quoted, quote, The world offers you comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You are made for greatness. So get off the couch and love greatly. God created you, formed you for this time and place. There is no one else. There is no one else that can take your role in salvation history. Jesus in the gospel reminds the Jewish people that God cares for people of every race, not just the Jews. We must learn to love everyone. This does not mean that we have to be besties with everyone. Um, some people are just annoying. However, love is willing the good of others. So how do we will everyone's good? How do we show respect to everyone we come into contact with? Jeremiah was sent to love the people of Israel by preaching the truth, a truth they did not want to hear. May God give us the wisdom and fortitude to love people, to will their good, when it is easy and when it is hard.